Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. A video game music podcast. About video game music? That's uh, music from video games on a podcast with people talking about it. I see. We're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernil. And every week we listen to great video game music. From video games. And we talk about it. Video games. Video games. (laughs) (laughs) Video blame. We pick a topic, we pick a subject, we pick some tracks, and we get into it. And um, yeah, life's been a little crazy. This week is a little loose. Yeah. It's been surprisingly like just frantic uh, on both ends of the spectrum, really. You're getting it from both ends. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like uh, I've been traveling for the last two weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, The last two weekends ago, I was in San Francisco for a wedding. Um, and while I was out there, I hung out with some friends, including um, patron patron Brooke. So it was great hanging out with you and your and Carrie. Thanks for having me in your home. Uh, it was a great time out there. The house that we stayed at had an orange tree directly in front of it. So every morning, I'd wake up and from bed, go out the front door, rip an orange from the tree, and just eat it. It That's was awesome. Uh, people uh, were like, "Why are you doing?" It? I was like, "Why not? It's why not? Fresh oranges, the freshest I'll ever get them. I love it." And, and like, I've heard people get shot over oranges in California sometimes, really? but thankfully, the Airbnb I was at, it was their tree, so who's going to stop me? Nobody, unless it was a sniper. Unless they're, like, you didn't know, there was, there wasn't, like, a note that said, like, don't eat the oranges. Nope. There was just a guy outside going, eat the oranges! <laughs> just eat, eat the- your grandpa said, just eat the damn oranges! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was fantastic. It was a, it was a good time out there. Nice. And then uh, this week, last weekend, I went to Unpub. Which is stands for unpublished board games, mm-hmm. a convention where people get together to test their board games to see how they measure up to scrutiny, and in some cases confirm if their product is ready for the big time. Also, some companies will basically physically be down there to buy your game on the spot, right? If it does well enough or it appeals That's to you. That's really them. cool. Yeah. So at PAX, PAX Unplugged, I went to the Unpub like area, mm-hmm. and that was really cool. So I'm imagining this is like a big, like a large scale version of that. Absolutely, it's like awesome. a massive ballroom. There was a couple of like famous people there too from the quote unquote board game community. Um, the woman who made uh, Wingspan was there. Oh, it was funny. A friend of ours was there, and he almost he came this close to telling her he hates Wingspan because he didn't know it was her. We had some friends come over uh, this past weekend, um, and we wanted to play some games, and um, and, and uh, uh, Rachel was like, "Hey." Um, I took her down here to look to look at the games on the wall, and she was like, "Oh, I, I always wanted to try Wingspan." And I was like, "Yeah, have you tried this one?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't like Wingspan, which is hilarious. It's okay, it's just an okay game. Like, like if I'm going to spend the time to like get into a game at night, it's probably not going to be that one. It's, it's a it's, mellow engine builder. It's really pretty. It's really really pretty. Um, I don't know. I just haven't had the desire to open it back up again, which is sad. Oh. It, it's, it was expensive. <laughs> it's pretty. I, I totally understand that. And like, but like, so we did that. We I did that, and I played surprisingly a lot of games during this time. Um, some of which are going to come up on today's episode. One that is not, aside from me just saying about it now, because I'm not going to talk about the music in that game. It's kind of, eh. mm. but um, it's like called Ronius Tale. You've seen that in the email that came through, but thankfully I liked it, so it's okay to bring up. Um, it's a really simple game. It's like a Nez puzzler, though. So oh. think of it like you're going across tiles, yeah. and each time you step on a tile, it breaks for good, like forever. So you have a limited amount of moves to get the things you need on the level and then get to the exit once mm. you've unlocked it. Yeah. But it it's like pretty much like you get like limited magic spells that you can use to like 
help yourself traverse. You like move around, dodge this guy, move around, get on this platform. Where, oh, I screwed up and fell into a pit. I lost a life. You lose all your lives, it's game over, and you have to start from the beginning. Because there's no save function in the game. It's all passwords. Remember those friggin' things? Why? I mean, okay, I, I get the nostalgia factor for some of these styles of games. That that stuff, I have no nostalgia for. I concur. Like, yeah, I was, <laughs> like, I was mad about that. Like, this is the world that we live in now. It's like you're not making it easier. You're just you're just you're just respecting us more. Exactly, yeah. and it's like those are the only two bad things I feel about the games. Like, I like the ability to get the the power ups to destroy blocks or yeah, monsters yeah, or yeah. the float and whatever, but. You can't save your game, and you also can't quick restart. So, like, if you're in the middle of a puzzle and you realize you screwed up, you can't just re read. You can't just restart. You gotta let yourself die over and over because this is (laughs) this is annoying as the Dickens. That's tough. But um, all in all, that game I played and enjoyed, but it the music ain't cutting it. So I'm not going to talk about the music on the show. I picked other tracks in the show. But tell me about what's going on with you. What take what's well. Tell me more about what's tell going me on. More, tell me more. I've been playing um, some games. Um, that's what I've been doing. So I've, I, I'll, I'll talk about the games. Actually, I, the games that I'm playing is what I'm going to be playing on the show. Oh, okay. Because it's only a handful. And it's perfect. <laughs> you know, most of, some of it's new, some of it's not new. And um, oh, actually, I'm starting the, tr- the, the the episode off. Yes, you so are. So I'm going to start off with a game that I got really, really excited about, and then got really, really disappointed playing. Oh no! Yeah, this is called Neo Dory Forever. Um, you can find this. What well, is a new one for me? I've never heard of this. It's new-ish. I think it's on consoles. It's on the computer. It's, it, it looks like it should be on a phone. Honestly, the way the UI is set up. Uh huh. Um, but it is a it's a it's a racer set up like uh, Outrun. Mm-hmm. But you know how Outrun uses like kind of scaling on the sprites to kind of come forward. Yes. This is still full 3D, but it uses like kind of pixelated art to make it look like scaling. So in that hmm. way, they kind of they kind of get the best of both worlds, and then all the tracks are like randomized. So all the worlds are different that you go to, mm-hmm. but the tracks themselves are like endless runner randomized to go into. And I that's already conceptually messing with me, um, because or actually maybe I should wait till the yeah, tracks yeah. playing. Well, anyway, the music, I mean, so the style is really cool because it looks like Outrun, but like kind of a, a newer style Outrun, like a, but still super pixely and blocky with really bright colors. And the music is really sweet. So we're going to listen to... I picked a couple tracks. We're going to listen to um, the track Dust. The artist's name is Weasel, and the game is... That's ne- Weasel. We- it's <laughs> Weasel with an H. <laughs> uh, W-H-Weasel. <laughs> and uh, that, the track is Dust, and this is what I've been playing from Neodori forever.
That was Dust from the game Neodori Forever, and that was composed by Weasel for the game Neodori Forever. That's Weasel. What is that? You were. I wish I could remember. That's why I was saying. Like, I, at first, my first thought was like, I came from I Am Weasel, but it's not. It was from some other cartoon. Yeah, where it was a man who had one of those yes type voices, and people would refer to him as Hi, Mister Weasel. And he goes, that's Weasel. Like, he would always correct the other characters. And it's killing me because right now I can't remember the exact show it's from. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that at all. So anyway, Neodori Forever, it is a, it's kind of like an endless runner in the vein of OutRun. So it's very, very pixely, very, um, it's still 3D, but it, it, it feels like one of those classic, like, super scalar, like, racing games. Well, the emphasis is just on the emphasis is just on the vibe. Like you go in there and it's like in a sunset and there's a day and night cycle and you're just like getting cool cars and you're just driving around and you just go forward. You have a button for buttons to go left and right, a button to drift and a button to boost. Nothing I about to say there better be a boost button at least. Yeah, but there's no there's no acceleration or brake. You just go. So uh, the, f- the further along you go, the faster you go. And the weird thing about it is, like, when you first mentioned it and you referred to it as, like, being somewhere to outrun, I know you're like, what are you looking at, Pernell? I was trying to figure, see if I could find where Weasel comes from, um, which I'll probably do on the next break. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it was, I was thinking, like, the outrun normal, like the classic outrun. And honestly, I feel like that's the kind of game that I'm comfortable be leaving where it was. Yeah. Because I like racing games. I like racing from the back racing games. But outrun... Reminded me of one of those games. Remember those like those little tabletop car games you used to have as a kid where it was like a little plastic steering wheel and the car <laughs> was on a popsicle stick? So you turn the wheel when yeah. the, the, when the, frick, the cellophane rope was coming down in front of you. Yeah. So yeah. it never felt like you were really driving the car. You were just following whatever template was I, on the screen. I don't know, man. I played OutRun at the last, last MAGFest or the last one I went to before that, the original OutRun, and mm-hmm. I still loved it the hell out of it. That's the thing, though. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, if it may be... Because, I mean, I'll play it, and I'm okay with it. Uh-huh. But I think it's more like, maybe I like it because I liked it then, so I like it now. But maybe. if someone said, hey, we got Outrun, <laughs> but we made it in 2023, I'd be like, no. I'm looking for... I'm hoping they re-release some of the uh, the later... There, there was a couple of sequels, or maybe just one sequel in the arcade, Outrun 2 SP, that I played at Black Hat in Vegas last year. And it was like, just some, some, some like... I don't know what security company like they they were like they're always trying to attract customers and some people have like Pac-Man machines and this or that and someone was like hey I got access to a Outrun game and they brought in this whole thing well, that was the star and of the I show. was like I got nothing else to do I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna play this all day and it's really really good it plays like Outrun trying to get the, the next time extension but it was much better graphics it felt like much better like handling like now, Daytona USA handling and that's just it. like but so- this game so anyway disappointed because this game is very boring. Because every track is exactly the same, every car is exactly the same. So everything you're unlocking, everything you're doing, doesn't change at all. But the game is about the vibe. So I was like, "Ooh, perfect! I don't care about anything else." The music is where you're at. It was five bucks. I want the music, and I want just the drifting of just running around being silly. And you can't, you can't even do that. The controls are so busted, so Ooh. busted that it's almost unplayable. But now I have, I have to, I have to go and, back. And it looks so good. <sighs> Have to, have to go back. Go back. You need to tell me. So when you play Outrun, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I play Outrun. So when you play Outrun uh-huh. and you're accelerating, you're hitting the turns and all that. Yeah, are you able to consistently get the time extensions while when the turns are coming, you actually stay at the center of the road while maintaining full speed? 
I don't remember, but like you have to slow down on those turns. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe but, I'm just so lead footed. No, from from yeah, for me the trick is don't hit the walls, don't hit the other cars. That's all. Oh, that's all I gotta do. I feel like if <laughs> don't I don't lose, so if I sl- if, and, that, and and that involves slowing down. <laughs> <laughs> just don't lose. But, um, Out, Outrun Two SP was um had like all these extra drift mechanics in it. So there's still cars, like there's still traffic on the road, but mm-hmm. like you could do all of these crazy maneuvers and stuff, and then like you get extra points, and the girl in the car's like, yeah, every time you do cool stuff. And so, like, if it, it kind of incentivized you to be even more reckless, or the original outrun was just like, just go fast, but, oh, you, okay. but you have to slow down. Oh, you gotta oh. slow down. It's like it's like remember pole position. Yeah, I was terrible at that Same too. Thing. So what we've come to learn is that I was bad at old <laughs> racers because unlike current racers, they all required you to slow down. Like, no, you should slow down in current racers too. Never Mario Kart. I'm bursting all the time. That's Never not, slow down. That's not a that's not a racer, Pernell. That's a party racer. That's a cart racer. That's a cart, cart racer. Grade three is my I ain't playing. Ridge racer, I ain't slowing down. I'm I'm tearing it up. Yeah, but um, anyway, it's super disappointing. But fun soundtrack, you know. That's all right. They got they got it. <laughs> I hear that. They got me. But at least you got the music out of it, which is enough in some respects. Yeah, it was cool to discover it too. Yeah. All right. So what's your first track? All right. So here we go. Here's a good chuckle for you. So this comes from the game Labyrinth of Refrain, Coven of Dusk, and the track title's called the Ram. Um, <laughs> I'm about to bleep that. <laughs> Is, I was is, like, it, is it really called that's that? That's the title. That's why I'm using it. I was like, I, I can't not I can't not do that. When I came across it and saw that was the title, I was like, well, there you go. So this is the only time in the history of this show I'm actually going to intentionally swear <laughs> because it's actually the track title. But I'll say it again probably one more time when we do the reprise. But this is composed by Tempe Sato.
Welcome back. You're listening to Beep Around. Save Rob's editing <laughs> from the game Labyrinth of Refrain. Thank you. Covered of dust. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Composed by Tepe Sato. I got the effect I wanted by like, doing it once. How my ears? <laughs> how my freaking ears? I expect this kind of language from that <laughs> other show, but not this one. Yeah. I was going to make it just like name a random podcast. Yeah, I, was like, like, yeah, I, I expect that swear. kind of I got a language from XVGM Radio, <laughs> but not here. Happy birthday, Mike. <laughs> so um, so the sequel to this game, Labyrinth of Galeria, came out in February. And I played a good bit of it so I could talk about it on SML. But once that period was done and I was able to conclude that, my brain went to the process of thinking I should go back and finally resolve the first game. Because I stopped at an odd point, despite really enjoying the game, and then just walking away from it. So during my trip to San Francisco, pretty much the entirety of my time in the airport, on planes, any downtime I had was spent playing this game. And surprisingly, I left off at a really, a very big point in the game. So suffice it to say, this game is dark. This game is extremely dark. And it does it really does not give you that impression early on. Oh, really? Yeah, the idea of the normal game is that uh, you're in a town called Refrain. You're a witch named Drumdronia with her apprentice, Luca. And uh, you are kind of like you're tasked with going to this town and exploring a labyrinth that exists beneath it called Ref- um, called Refrain. Oh, sorry, Refrain. Called the labyrinth of the labyrinth of refrain. Let me uh, refrain from saying refrain uh, from saying refrain over refrain. You know, refrain is um. What's 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 the what's the, when a word is the same, the same thing as the opposite of itself, because a refrain is a repeat of something, but to refrain is to stop something. That's disturbing to hear that now. Isn't that amazing? I'll, it's amazing. It means two things that are the exact opposites of itself of itself. Which means that this game's title is also that much more awesome now because <laughs> you just said two things that are very pertinent parts of the game's narrative. Um, but the dungeon that exists beneath the town is, po- is a, cannot be traversed by man. Humans that go in there do not come back out. So the way you are managing to do so is by using a magical book that you come to later learn has your soul, oh. has a soul and transplanted into it. It's, Basically, it's you. It's called a contronym. A contronym. The opposite of a homonym. Uh-uh. Yeah. Which is disturbing then because even still what you said it very much suits this game. But you have to explore the dungeon using puppets with souls injected into them. Interesting. So you use puppet soldiers, which... This sounds like puppet music. <laughs> well, the, well, the thing is, like, you go to different places because you learn that the, what, the labyrinth actually has multiple dimensions interspersed throughout it by way of antechambers. Mm-hmm. So you go to different places. And one such place where this music plays is the Kingdom of Astro, which is a country of Lilliputian people. And your characters are gigantic, and you're walking around destroying their town by like right. Godzilla stomping on their buildings. Oh and stuff. God! So all of them are coming out to try to stop you with like their little their candy cannons and stuff, right, right. and hot air balloons that have cannons on them, and like wild boars. It's a really weird part of the game. And then it also feels very light there, like it's a very light-hearted environment, despite having this title. <laughs> um, so that now that I'm at the end of the game. And the final dungeon, and everything's hit the fan, and it's like, man, my mood is really low. I get nostalgic for this dungeon with this music. Yeah. When everything was light and fluffy, and we were just kind of looking to resolve and explore the labyrinth of refrain. Um, mm. But 
Despite what I may sound, you may think, well, he must have hated that story. No, quite the contrary. I have been enjoying the living daylights out of it. But whereas I would have recommended the game for anybody who likes dungeon crawlers back when I was on the third dungeon. Oh, or rather rephrase that when I was entering the third dungeon. Mm. Now I have to twist that to I can only recommend this game to people who like dungeon crawlers, but can also handle some very sensitive topics oh. crossing their eyes. And ears, um, huh. but otherwise, this is, is, is probably my well, favorite. One of I can favorites. handle sensitive topics if it's if it's handled appropriately. Is this not handled appropriately? It is, but I still know people that would still be like, "Oh God, not that! Uh, I don't want to deal with that." Uh, okay. Um, but with that said, it's still probably one of my favorite dungeon crawlers. And the hmm. sequel so far, before I put it down, was doing all that and improving upon it. So I'm like, "Yes, I'm happy." <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is the game that's been holding much of my attention. So for the Hollow Knight crew. I'm coming back. And it's Tempe Sato. I feel like because yeah, he's in your he's in your um, your Mount Mush Mount Mushmore Mount Mount Mushmore. That's where we're at, everybody. Your Mount Rushmore of composers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So this this entire OST is like up there for his. Yeah, it's really actual quality level too. So all right. So my next track is um another game that I um start I started playing I I started playing, and then I stopped because I was kind of not into it and disappointed, and then I picked it back up again because it was late night. And I was trying to put baby to bed, <laughs> and he was in my arms. And I got, and I started to like actually really get into it. It's uh, uh, Paradise Killer. Okay. And I only know about this game because of the music, and the music is so good. Was it Chris Murray that referred the music to the show, or was it someone else? Uh, I think it was Murray, and I think it was also um, Hammock from KVGM. Okay. Um, so we're gonna listen to music. Uh, it's called Knife and Crystal from Paradise Killer. The music is by Barry Epic or Epoch Topping.
And this is Knife and Crystal from the game um, Paradise Killer by Barry Epoch Topping. I still like mm, that such name. A, oh, it's a, he's, got a, he's got a great name. This game, again, this, this game is all about the vibe. Like, And so I was like, I'm just going to get into it. Maybe I'll just enjoy the space. And I started to like, like, wow, like the game really is just exploring like this this world. It's not really big. It's just like looking through all the buildings and looking around and just talking to all the characters. And once I started to like really find the characters and like have the conversations with them, it is really deep. Like not like, oh, it's deep. It's like the the conversations, like they they there's all the all the the selections you can make and choices you make go really, really deep. And the story kind of shifts around. Like you can get more information out of people if you change what you say or Mm -hmm. if you flirt with some people. It's really interesting. I need um, a, the thing about that game that always messed with me, which is why I hope you end up playing like, sticking it with it or mm-hmm. whatnot, is the whole idea from what I've heard. Like I know you get new abilities to better explore the city, and you get new clues and whatever, but the big hook of the game is that you can call the case whenever you feel like it, yeah. and they never tell you if you are right or wrong. You just, it's just to, them you saying, just have to know. You just have to know. So, so it's like, I'm comfortable. They give you all the tools, too. Like They, they set up where it's like, here, this is where you can go, and you can look at all the case files. You can make all the connections you want right here. You can put all the information together here. And there's where the judge is. And once you think you know, you bring him to the judge, you take him to justice, and then you move on. And like, and that's the end of the game? Like, that's the one that kills me, too. I can it's just like, like speed run. I can just walk right up and just blindly just accuse somebody. Randomly yeah. say it. That's the other one that kills me, though. It's like the fact that, like, does it even give you any indication that you might be missing some information? Absolutely. Oh, so it does. It oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, okay, there's a murder on the island. You land, and, and there's a the, re, the reason I didn't get into it is because I was like, I don't care about the murder. I don't care about this island. I couldn't figure out why, but now I'm into it because I'm curious about this whole, like, why the island exists and what they're doing. But they, they have someone in custody, but, like, it's clearly a scapegoat or, like, it's it's the easy suspect. Uh-huh. And you start talking to other people and discovering that there's there's problems with the case there's problems with the there's tampering with the evidence. Oh. And then you start talking to people and there are lots of other motives. So, oh, so in that case the intrigue becomes I remember t- Christy was telling me that you guys were talking about it how you were like why do we even care about this place if we were locked up in exile for who knows how long. But then I guess here you tell it what it boils down to is less about being concerned about the individual people and just more just being brought into this wild mystery. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's an interesting mystery, but I just, it just, I think the way it presented it and like threw you into it was maybe a little too abrupt for my taste because I don't play a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I just wasn't prepared for that kind of story. But now that like I've met some of the other characters and they're and they're written really well, mm-hmm. yeah, I really enjoy that. And the and the fact that you can create all these different types of conversations with them is also very compelling to me. And um, and it gives you like it's like it's, I guess you could say it's like a fetch quest, but like when you talk to somebody it'll note that there's some inconsistency in the story mm-hmm. and like a little thing like, okay, next thing you want to look at is probably this and you don't have to, but I can go and explore and try to figure out, okay, why was this missing? And I got to say one reason why I feel like, which is cool. I should play it aside and, and, from oh, the- and music like in funk soul music is playing over the whole time. Oh, well, it's, this- like, it's like piped into the Island. Oh yeah. 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 It's like the perfect, cause it's paradise, but it's, it's supposed to be the perfect, perfect world. A utopia. Yeah. Utopia. So of course this is the music for the utopia. So like, the other thing about this and why I feel like maybe I'd want to try it too is, as you know, I like games like Phoenix Wright. I've played a good chunk of those titles. Yeah. The narratives are fantastic, but the one thing that these games do not share 
is that Phoenix Wright at his core is very much on rails. It's linear. It's linear. Yeah, yeah like you're only, yeah. You're, you're only gated by you, you find that right clue. Okay, now you can progress the story. Yeah. If you're in the court trial, yeah, you can yeah. lose the trial. I would, I would love for you. Maybe that's something we like in the future, in the far future. If I never finish this, uh-huh. that we do together on stream because I feel like that would be fun to do. Okay. Because I would love to. I would love to hear your take on this game if you were to get through it. Okay, because I'm yeah. definitely interested in it, and I like the. The weird names of the characters, like was it Lady Love Dies or something? Yeah, they all have really interesting names. But the, yeah, you're right. It's it's non-linear in that you can just do whatever you want and accuse whoever. But like it's linear, also linear in a way that it kind of guides you through inconsistencies in the case and, and holes in people's alibis. And let's be honest, they kind of have to do that because if they just let you figure all of that out. It would be that com- game would get put down by so many well, people. It, you would lose the the chill vibe of the game, and then. Yeah, it wouldn't be as fun anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, yes. so moving on. Moving on for now. We got <laughs> track number two. Let me rob it up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I understand. This We're in a brave new world. Let's see. So for this next track, I'm going to go with um, another game I've been playing, also brought on by the fact that I started playing the sequel recently, <laughs> also by Nipponichi Software America. Um, this is called Void Terrarium. This may actually be two tracks, but Rob can decide if he wants to do that or not. Um, this and the titles are weird. One is called T R R L M dot a decoration. You'll have to type this verbatim. Trust me, you're not going to get it. Um, and then the other one is called Error colon colon too many inters too many instance exception no spaces. Um, composed by Hajime Sugoi. <laughs> this sounds like a sequel injection, like, <laughs> like like hack I'm about to do on YouTube. That's the intention. <laughs> it's ridiculous to pronounce. You're listening to Error, Too Many Instances Exception from the game Void Terrarium from the Nintendo Switch, though it might have gotten a PS... No, not in America anyway. So Nintendo Switch, composed by Hajime Sugoi, and the title of this track works for the game proper because of the fact that you are... It's a dungeon crawler at its core, and I'll talk about other stuff in a minute, but this track plays me into what's known in these types of games, these roguelike dungeon crawls as a monster house which is when you walk into a room and the RNG just populates the room with pretty much a monster in every tile. And you're kind of tasked with running for your life because uh, they're pretty much destined oh, to kill you. So yeah, yeah, too many instances. Okay, this is super date 
my age, but the original Rogue. There mm. were there were rooms you would go into where every like every monster in the game would just be in it. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's what that that was the origin of that for these games because every Rogue like that's a dungeon crawler generally ends up having a monster house in some form in the game. Oh, okay, cool. So the actual game proper has a weird loop that becomes addictive, which is what got me into playing more of that last month too, being that at its core, it's a pretty basic dungeon crawler. You're a robot walking around, beating up other robots, finding treasures, don't run out of fuel, i.e. energy, mm. or, and don't die from hit point loss. But it's the other half combined with this that makes the game special to me, and that the actual game takes place in a world where humanity was killed off by a sentient robot that nice. just was not very happy with humans. <laughs> and through some weird coincidence... One robot comes along that you end up controlling, and that robot comes across a lone girl who's somehow living in the wasteland, but she can't survive in the wasteland by herself. And the environment's too polluted for her to be able to thrive in it, so you have to mm. create a terrarium to put the girl into, and then you have to take care of her by bringing her food and supplies <laughs> and building a home for her inside of a terrarium. You're like, you're like the robot's pet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And the AI that actually did what it did actually is helping you take care of her because it actually feels bad for what it did now that it did what it did. Huh. So you're going into dungeons, you're finding food for her, hoping it's not too contaminated because if it gets contaminated, she's too contaminated, she gets sick. Um, you got to like play with her to keep her happy. You got to give her furniture and bedding <laughs> and all kinds of cool stuff. And it's weird because whereas most dungeon crawlers, you have to just get to the bottom of the dungeon and succeed or whatever. This game's primary focus is taking care of her. And the reason why you're going to the dungeons more often than not, it revolves around some aspect of helping her. And eventually you have to warp out because she's starving. And she could starve to death. And since her dying is the end of the game, well, yeah. You, oh. have, to, you have to actually clean her she, pen. You have to clean the terrarium because if you don't, she gets sick because she uses the bathroom in it. So it's also a Tamagotchi. Yes. In fact, that's on the nose because eventually you get a pet assist device which is basically a tamagotchi in the corner <laughs> like of the a, screen that's what i saw in the little playthrough on the video because mm -hmm. the little thing on the left is a little lcd screen yep oh, that's funny and it's something weird about the idea that it's clever it's you become attached to this ai kid girl person and you're like i hope she's okay and when she's happy <laughs> she's got the little smile on the dance and when she's sick she's on the ground like crying you're like no when you're sick i hope you get you better yeah i'll get you better um it's a good game it's Again, it's one of those games where like NIST that NIST likes to put out where it's done by like a small studio, so it doesn't have like a ton of bells and whistles in it. It's just enough to make a successful, a, pro, a functional game run. Right. But it's a good functional game and an enjoyable one too. Um, just know that due to the nature of taking care of a a fellow human, just like taking care of a fellow human, there's repetition in the game. Uh. But you deal with it because you care about the human you love. So I like that. I mean, like. It's interesting that they, they wrap up that game mechanic around um, kind of manipulating the player's feelings. Yes. Which is cool. I mean, makes, I like that. Why not? Because even dying doesn't matter. If you die in the dungeon, you just get scrapped and sent back. <laughs> and everything you collect it's, becomes resources. Because it's a roguelike. But you can't let the little girl die at all. You can't let the little girl die. Heck, at some point, if you need to get back quicker, you kill yourself so that you get back faster. Oh, okay. So is that a hard game end if, if she dies? If she dies, it's a hard game end. Ah. If you die, you just get kicked back out because the, cause the the basically whatever cleaning robots exist in the dungeon just scrub you up and send you back to the surface. 
and everything you collected becomes resources for constructing supplies for oh, her at okay. the house. Man. So it's like <laughs> a little Roomba. The Roomba is like fighting for uh, for our survival. Yes. Oh, man. It's wonderful. I plug it in. Oh, and you'd like it because his name is Robbie. Oh, I mean, like, it's a perfect name for a robot. <laughs> uh, so my, my nephew's name is Roshan. And when he was doing some kind of, like, science-y robotics class at school, he named his his robot the Robot. Aww. It's like Ro-Roshan-Bot. Robot. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. I, I thought that was super clever. I always liked that. Um, all right, so I've been playing a lot of Roguelike 2, but I'm going to talk about that later. Um, I've been playing a lot of Wipeout. Now, the Wipeout Omega Collection is full of fantastic music that is all licensed. <laughs> and I feel like if you want to listen to club music or like like other like drum and bass, which is really, really good, you can find that online. I'm not going to play it on the show. So instead, I'm going to play some other stuff from the Capcom Arcade Collection, which I still turn on every once in a while just to, just to like... I play Ghouls and Ghosts, you know, just for fun, or um, some of the shooters. So we're going to listen to music from 19XX, The War Against Destiny. This is the Last Ditch Fight, the arranged version, by Shun Nishigaki. You're listening to some music from 19XX, The War Against Destiny, The Last Ditch Fight, arranged by Shun Nishigaki. This is a funky track. I was trying to count the time signature. It's only 3-4. It just sounds like really... what It sounds way more complicated than 3-4. I wouldn't expect this track to be in 19XX because it might be like the wrong game, but isn't this one of those fighter jet games? Yeah, it's a fighter jet game. This is the last stage. That's the arranged version of the music, but like it's just... Just better instrumentation. Yeah, it's, it's this is a it's got one of the strongest like soundtracks of the Capcom fighters. I think it's really really cool. It's it's because it's got the kind of groove to it. Um, but yeah, I always pick this one back up because I'm always trying to find like I've, repetition makes these games better. You know, because you learn where all the planes are going to be. You learn how to get through the stages faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same thing with Wipeout. Like those tracks are so darn hard <laughs> that you only get better. By playing them over and over and over again. 
and, and slowing is, down. And slow you slowing down on the corners because. But then I'm realizing like it doesn't want you to slow down on the corners. It wants you to make, take the corners perfectly every time, so that you can get every boost on the road and make it to the end. And I I don't know. I just explode. Yeah, I feel like the original Wipeout games I got really good at. I don't know if this is different or just if I just haven't played Wipeout in so long. It's very possible it's the latter. Because I mean, yeah. cause, I mean, the, I guess the true test would be if you could find an old copy of Wipeout for PS One and see how you fare. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious. So maybe it would have to do with the graphics being older. And the, like, this is like the graphics on the Omega Collection are super slick. Like they, it's really, really nice, really shiny. What um, games were on this Omega Collection? Is it Wipeout One, Two, and Three? No, it's Wipeout HD. Wipeout 2084, and then Wipeout Omega or Wipeout. Was there a Wipeout Excel? No. Well, Wipeout Excel is 2084. Oh, okay. So it's a remake of that one, and I think Wipeout HD is a remake of the first one, and then the other one was the one of the portable ones. Oh, okay. And um, and I think with the, you unlock the cars, and the cars are, are are shared between all of them, and um, but like I never really played a lot of the other ones, and and like. Playing them remade doesn't look like the nostalgic, so I think the tracks don't seem familiar to me at all. I wonder what a Wipeout Cross F-Zero game would be like. They're very different. I feel like F-Zero is like you're on that track. Like you're not in any danger of... You're in less danger of like falling off, right? Oh, no, no that is incorrect. <laughs> oh, okay. That was maybe the SNES version because I didn't play much of that, but the later ones, they had levels where you straight up have no walls. You can just shoot right off the side. Okay, yeah. There's ones where you're on the cylinder or where you hug the cylinder. I, I would like to see, of course, like you just told me about like your, uh, your, your racing game um, strategy, which is just don't let go of the accelerator ever. Yeah, that's right. It's like, oh, I'm playing Mario. Don't let go of the run button. Ever, ever, uh, but uh, but yeah, I like to see you try this one just to see how you would handle it. it I would die. It's a lot. <laughs> it's I a would lot. die. <laughs> it's a it's a my lot. career would end very quickly. So this has become one of my like okay, just pop it in every once in a while for like a kind of a quick hit of like that adrenaline boost because I, I do like racing games a lot. I just I've been trying to kind of get back into it. Uh, Michael Bridgewater sent me a text. Oh, he cool. heard he was listening to the show and said, "Hey, you got to try out the new the new Need for Speed," and I was like. Oh, then he's like, it's fun, it's fast, it's exactly what you're looking for. Is it just called Need for Speed? Is that like a subtitle? It's Hot Pursuit. No, it's Need for Speed. Most Wanted. The new, the newest one. I forget whatever the newest one is on the on the on the PlayStation Store. Um, and if you're a member of the whatever the thing is, PlayStation Plus. Yes, plus. And that's how we got a hold of it. But I'm not anymore. So it's going to be like 60 bucks or 70 bucks, And I was like, I'm going to wait. <laughs> It'll go on sale in like three months. Like, I don't know how much I'm going to want to do it. So I'm going to wait a little while. But like a vote of confidence from him, like, because he gets it. He plays a lot of those racing games that I've really enjoyed. The Ridge Racer, Rage Racer, and um, like Rally Cross. Mm-hmm. So he, he, I think he gets it. But um, 60 bucks was a little more than I wanted to spend at the moment. Especially in a climate where third-party games drop in price surprisingly quickly. Very quickly. So I'll just wait a little while. Yeah. All right, so we're on to your, I think, your third track? Mm-hmm. Check out. So this is actually a game you might come to appreciate, or who knows? I think you could like it. This is actually from a game called Afterthought, and the track title is called Incentive Structure, composed by Kieran Karwai, Krishna Lungala, and David Nowatny. This actually sounds familiar. I might have looked at this one. I brought it up to you a week or two ago. That's why it sounds familiar, because <laughs> you brought it up to me.
Welcome back. You're listening to Incentive Structure from the game Afterthought, composed by Karen Karwai, Krishna Lungala, and David Nowatny. I've played this on the Switch, though I'm almost positive it's also on PC. Um, and it is at what I would consider to be a very deliberate momentum-based platformer with a fantastic soundtrack. Is, and Is the rest of the soundtrack similar? Because this is awesome. Fairly similar, this is yes. Really good. This is like this is this sounds like early DJ Shadow. Like that's amazing to me. That sounds like a good way to describe this OST exactly. And the thing I like about it is, a, as a game after my own heart, you can actually unlock more music as you play, so you can get more music to play through and choose from when you do stages. Ooh. Um, it's very difficult too. Like I'm bad at it. Yeah, diffi- and I'm fine with acknowledging that. <laughs> difficult game with awesome soundtrack. It's just—I mean—it looks good. It's just that the having the character that small on the screen is hard on me. Yeah, and I wonder if some people will get used to it. Cause I know I'm not playing on a TV. I'm playing on the Switch in handheld mode. Oh wow! So it may help in that regard. Oh really? Because I would imagine it'd be even smaller on like on a tiny little Switch screen, right? Smaller, but also um, proportionate. So I'm not looking mm. at a 52-inch screen for a little tiny black dot. I'm looking at. Uh, I guess like a, I guess like a nine, eight. Inch, I don't know how big the darn switch screen. They got eight, it's called just this. Let's just call it eight inch screen. Yeah, and uh, you're looking at that character, but it's kind of scaled down to fit that screen. So it's bigger than it's bigger on the switch than it would be on a large TV, because you'd have a tiny dot in a larger space if it was on a big TV. Mm. Um, but the thing about this game that makes it pretty different as far as momentum games goes, they give you a lot of different abilities to function with so you can run and you can dash but the way you get the most momentum is by jumping in the air and then aiming your dash at the ground in a diagonal fashion so you kind of shoot across the ground and then you can jump off the ledge while on that dash that was actually a strategy of speedrunners in celeste really yeah they would you could actually dash at an angle down towards the ground and something about the maybe it was something similar to that where like something about the physics that was programmed in that game would like kind of shoot you into a direction and you can speed through some of the stages faster. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's like stuff like that. There's a wind push you can do where if you push off the ground with the wind, it gives you a boost. But if mm. you do it while you're in the air, it's not as strong. Um, you can smack enemies to continue your momentum through the air. So if you dash off of that dash jump, strike an object, you get your jump back. So you can then jump again, but you maintain that momentum. Mm. So you're like incentivized to just dash jump off, hit a guy, dash under the next guy because some enemies you can't hit, and you're doing all kinds of stuff. And there's bosses in the game too where you kind of have to avoid them, and they can't kill you, but obviously when they hit you, they stagger you and you lose time. So your actual goal is to get through scot-free and never take a hit. Mm. It's, uh, it's a good game, and it's a beautiful game too. Um, it does. It's very like kind of monochromatic, but like intentionally, like yes. very very stylized that way, which is cool. And there's like weird snippets of narrative in between some of the levels where it looks like a like a painting, but your character can like walk through or run through the painting. And sometimes they're coming in from they're coming towards you from inside the painting or out from going into the painting. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, I guess really nice. Um, it's a game that I'd be nice if more people gave it a look see because. I stumbled across. I was like, "Oh, I'd like to check this out," and I came away very <laughs> pleased with it. You were saying this is a musically strong episode. I feel like I've liked everything I've heard so far. My, I'm not too sure about was that first Tempe Sato track. It's not something I would go to. Hey, hey, go hey, to. hey! You were all bopping early. I caught I was, you. I was bopping, but it was very comical. 
Very yeah, comical. Yeah, it's a whimsical track. Whim- whimsical. We got the whimsy. Get the whimsy. Oh, but there's a. I mean, maybe I'll go on out. I'll give you a track for going out that's not whimsical. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, my, my Max track is also, also super strong. We're getting to the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Bonus round day. I thought you were going to sing like some Earth, Wind, and Fire song. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was, I was trying to remember one song, but it's another case of song I knew from my childhood that I never knew the title of. I just know the sound. Just like the melody or like the kind of, like you kind of hum it in your head. Mm-hmm. I'll have to think about it later. You'll have to hum it for me later so I can maybe see if I could figure it out. Mm-hmm. Kind of head Shazam it. Is it Shazam? Shazam. No. Kazam. No. Kazoo? There it is. There we go. I will. Think about you. I will something that I tell you about you night and day. Oh, that sounds. Is that? Oh, is that another bad creation? ABC. It might be. Oh, it might be. We're gonna look that up later. All right. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes on this track. Not R&B hits from the 90s that me and Purnell used to listen to, um, but rather covers and arrangements and remixes of video game music. And I've been playing uh, Hades. I downloaded Hades. Which means we have lost... You just had a kid, and now you're going to play the most addictive game of the last, like, three years? Well, I love roguelikes, and it's... And here we go. This is this is the one. I'm uh, Mike, uh, my niece's uh, fiance, was like, uh, "Yeah, I play Hades a lot." I was like, "Oh, that's right. Everyone plays Hades." Everyone yeah, plays Hades, I, and they never stop. Well, playing and I, Hades. And I, I was looking for a new game to play. I was like, "I don't want to play a racing game. I, I don't like the game that I had here. I wasn't in the mood for Paradise Killer. I, I want like another adventure, adventure action. No Paradise. Other play my gamies. And so I only like." Playing lots of Hades. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I found, Hades, and I'm into it. I'm really, really enjoying it. So we're going to listen to a jazz cover from the uh, the track From Olympus, composed by Darren Korb. This is arranged by The Consoles.
That was From Olympus, the jazz cover by the consoles from the game Hades, music composed by Darren Korb. Much uh, chiller, but man, this game is, yeah, you're right, it's got a hold. It's just, it's got, it's it's the game loop that I like. It's kind of that fast-paced, bullet hell-ish gameplay that I like, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. The game is gorgeous. The voices are great, too. The voices are great. The writing is really, really clever, so it's, it's scratching that itch that I was looking for, you know, that kind of action-adventure style with kind of light narrative elements. And Perfect. it also Perfect. carries, it carries, it's not, I don't think it's ultimately going to be as hard as it, but it also probably does similar things to Enter the Gungeon, too, in regards to how the bullet, like the bullet evasion works, yeah, and how you have to pretty much, you know, dash around, cut in, do your work and get back out. Yeah, the you actually, I feel like the the weapon progression and the skills progression in this game, like they give it to you, and that like you're you're meant to get in there. Like it's it's melee fight. Mm-hmm. Where Enter the Gungeon was like it was built around being a bullet hell style shooter. Mm-hmm. So it's you're you're not designed to get in close. There's only so like a few like, weapons that could do it, and, and even then it was just like you're risking every time. Yeah, more like flipping tables instead in that game. Yeah, yeah, it's all about finding cover and then just just being really good at dodging. There was like a bat that you could like bounce bullets back with but it just was so hard to get the hang of that it wasn't always the risk the risk and reward was just too much yeah but in this one it's like you can use your sword and you can bounce back um bullets and stuff like that and it feels really good <laughs> it feels really really good so i'm, I'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it a lot nice well, good yeah, to yeah. hear and you haven't played it at all i have but it was a situation where like leslie my friend leslie was playing it and she was the one i was like you need to start playing Hades. This is a really good game. I'm like, I have the game. I just didn't do anything with it. Yeah. So I booted it up and did like two runs of it. I was like, this is really good. I need to come back to this. And then I got sidetracked. I feel like that's what happens a lot when it yeah. comes like reviews. It's like, okay, well, I have to stop because I got to do this thing. It's not more like me saying, well, I could choose this. It's more like, no, I already, I already made the obligation. I got to do this thing, but then I'll come back, and then I do the obligation yeah. and forget to come back. Well, the thing is with these roguelikes, too, like the game gets better over time. Like yes. The more you play and the more you unlock things and, and, and level up stuff, like it changes with you. You know, It, it grows with you. Like Van, I, Vampire Survivors was like that. I was like, oh, it's, it's got this crazy gameplay that you wouldn't even know existed starting it. You know? And another game that does that that I actually had for a while and only booted up for the very first time today Today was Dead Cells. I actually have the physical cart and the downloaded version. That of the was game. another one I was thinking about playing. Too. That's side scrolly, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, there's like area. The areas have multiple exits where, depending on where you exit, you end up in a different biome, and then that biome has its own metrics and you know hmm. established you know details and features, and that also has multiple exits. I don't know enough about it yet to tell you the the overall arc of it. I just know that there's multiple exits to different areas, and when you get the DLCs, they give you more exits, which go to more places. And the most recent DLC was the Castlevania DLC, which is oh. I wonder how well that integrates to it. I don't know. That sounds exciting though, because I mean I know it's all side scrolling and and again melee type style combat. So. I'll tell you one thing that was yeah. weird. I came across in the menus though. Mm. So I guess you can find food to heal yourself or something. And it gave you a choice of what type of food you'd want to see. Purely cosmetic. And it was like omnivore, carnivore, vegetarian, <laughs> vegan. And then one of the things was like Castlevania-esque. Oh, so it's just just, just uh, wall wall meat, wall like turkey. Wall turkey or <laughs> wall broccoli. <laughs> wall broccoli. I, that'd be, I would like that if you were to knock open a wall in Castlevania 1 and it's just a carrot. <laughs> the odd part would be almost thematic if it was like here's a mushroom like they could grow on walls yeah well, a mushroom could be there maybe maybe there maybe something was growing in the corner there you're grabbing like moss you're grabbing <laughs> moss off the wall 
Um, you know, less than like Streets of Rage where you knock over an oil can and there's like an apple and you're like, should I eat that? Of course Maybe you should. Look how that. red and pristine that apple is. I mean, is. and the Ninja Turtles in the arcade game. Fully cooked pieces. Fully cooked pizza just laying around. There's, I think in one of those games, you even saw the steam lines on the pizza. <laughs> so it's fresh. It's fresh pizza straight from a dumpster. I, it probably probably beating up the Foot Clan. Although there were robots in the arcade You know what game. it might have been? You know what it might have been? It could have actually been- Robots foot, wouldn't be eating the pizza. No, no. It would be Foot Soldiers who had a pizza delivered, and just as they were about to start eating, the turtles showed up. Crap, hide the pizza. We don't want them to get it. So you hide it behind the, drum, the the bin. Yeah. Then they get beaten up, and the turtles just, just knock the dumps. Oh, wow. Someone had a whole piece That's here. what I was thinking. But in the arcade game, they were robots that would explode when you beat them up. Oh, yeah, because that was all based off of the cartoon because, yeah. you know, cartoon rules. We were actually talking about that the other day. Remember the Batman animated series? Remember how amazing that show was? Yeah. Apparently, they had a stupid amount of rules associated oh, with that show. Oh, they, I couldn't, bet. they couldn't show blood. He could never get shot. No stabbings allowed. Basically, all the gunfire that happened in that show, no one could ever be shot. Yes. And if they did it, it had to be done away. He's like, oh, what happened? You don't know, but you just have to it's, realize he got shot. There's yeah, no yeah. Blood. He, he holds his shoulder and he runs away. He's like, oh, he's just a shoulder. Just a shoulder. Just a shoulder. Bruce Wayne's all right. Yeah, it's like uh, G.I. Joe. It's like everyone's like got these enormous machine guns and it's just like nothing's happening. Nothing's ever going to happen. They give them energy lasers that will always miss. Yeah, it's, if you watch like a action like high adventure fantasy show, especially from like Disney, like a Disney show, and everyone's got swords. No one's getting stabbed or slashed. It's just like ha 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 punch. I'll tell you the one that always killed me for groin kick. The <laughs> biggest one that always killed me though, but it didn't yeah. click as a kid. Wolverine. Yes. And the X Men cartoon was like his entire stick is the was beat. to have adamantium claws. When he got mad, you know what mess with me, bub? Shake claws come out. He never. Ever stabs a guy, oh, yeah, never yeah. even cuts a guy. It's always the, com- the comics got violent though, right? Oh, the yeah. comics were very violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but the no. cartoon was just the fact that you have this character whose entire concept is he slashes people <laughs> and monsters, but he only ever is allowed to slash machines. Yes, uh, the the turtles, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies were like that too. They couldn't, they had weapons, but they weren't allowed to use them. Yeah. And so they, they, so when they did the movies, it was all like, I got nunchucks, and they would throw the nunchucks away, then like do like breakdancing moves. Right <laughs> All right, so what, what's your uh, bonus round track? So I'm actually doing a bit of a callback to uh, a couple weeks ago when we did MAGFest Reflections 35-7. Um, at the begin- During that episode, I mentioned that for 4 of February, I was determined to play through the Goonies 2. Yes. And in the month of February, uh, Francis and I actually managed to play through the Goonies 2. Wait, that was um, that was Cindy Lauper, right from Goonies? Yes, yeah. I, I just I watched just watched a movie with Cindy Lauper in it that had it was her and Jeff Goldblum. Really? It was yeah. It was really cool. It was like this this fun adventure alien thing. There I was there were psychics. It was yeah. It was Cindy Lauper. Was he was amazing? I, I wouldn't even uh, realize that Jeff Goldblum and her were oh, acting at the same time. And then the on the the ending theme song during the credits was "There's a hole in my heart and it's all the way to China." <laughs> you ever heard that one? Was this an eighties movie? Yeah, yeah, totally. I didn't know he was doing work in the eighties. Oh yeah, he was in um he was in Earth Girls Are Easy. Remember that one? I did hear. I remember yeah, yeah, that. That movie. was that was old. Yeah, he I, was young in that. I'm movie. sorry, I didn't mean to, to interrupt you. But no, that's our show. <laughs> this is the show. That's literally the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So this comes from the Goonies two. It's an orchestral version of Stage Theme two. <laughs> an orchestral version from Goonies two. That's right. Done by VG Music Revisited.
that with something else. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it's such a short loop, too. So it's like you expect it to be short, but what you get out of it is a track that I could listen to a good five more loops. To be yeah, it's, it's like arranged for orchestra, but it's not rearranged in any way. It's still the original, true, very true to the original. Absolutely. Yeah. I love Goonies, too. I love this track, both the, this remix of it and the original, which is why, despite having other normal Goonies tracks I could have chosen, I was like, no, I want to go with this one. I'm sticking with this. Mm. We did get through the entire game. I was determined to not use an FAQ. No FAQs. I wanted to do it like I was a kid. Where only, I only had to call Nintendo Power for one thing, which was how to find the diving suit. Can you? You can't. There's no Nintendo Power to call now, right? Is there? There's no like. Well, there's group of experts out there. There's something close. A friend who's willing to look up stuff that you won't, because <laughs> I was running around in circles, hardcore, looking for the final Goonie, could not find them. And at one point, after seeing me make one loop that I just, he's like, I was in the right track, but I left the room I should have stayed in. Francis goes, stop, stop, stop. No, I'm not letting you do this. Go back in the room you just left. I was like, I know the Goonie's <laughs> here, but he's, it's not that room. He's like, just go back in the room. And once I went back in, I started looking at it more. And I was like, wait a minute. And what it yeah. turns out to be, in classic Nintendo game fashion, when you the game is a 2D side-scroller. Oh, then you, you talked the, about this, where you go in there, you don't realize you can go down. No, no not that you can go down, because you can go down. But the thing is, when you enter those rooms, it's a 3D space, and in the lower left corner, there's an orientation of the main character. Oh. And you assume, if you're not looking at that, that you always enter from the bottom. Which means you go up, right, or left, and then if you go up and want to leave, you oh, go it's a, down. The 3D spaces. Oh, it's like a like a Fester's Quest, like, like 3D. A, uh, oh no, not even Fester. It's just one room. Like you're in a room, like a, just one room that doesn't scroll, and you choose which way so do you want to go. Just a box. Just, just a, box. a box. And it's like choose what you want to do. I want to go right, but if this, if you enter a door and then the room's orientation is here's a door. And then left and right doors. You assume you're coming in from the bottom, right? And you choose up, left, or right. But for this specific room, for some dumb reason, the orientation was I was coming in from the top, uh, and I had to go down to actually go off the other way. That's the puzzle, though. Yeah, that's and the, that's the BS. So is what it's it like is. it's like you had someone riding shotgun who was like kind of gently giving you directions without telling you the whole story. Just that part, and only because he got tired of me running around <laughs> beating my head in a wall. Because that's the thing, yeah. I knew. I was even though the map is crappy. Yeah. yeah, I was able to read enough to know that this is the room I have to be leaving from somewhere within these three screens. And when I went to the room that I needed to be in, but left because I pushed the wrong direction in the room, that's when he was like, "I can't do this anymore because you're going to figure this out." But it's going to be an hour from now. Just go back. Just go back. And then we walked through. And from that point, I was like, "Okay." And it was the final Goonie too. So I was like, "Come on, man." Yeah. I was so close. So you get all you get all the Goonies as game end, or does it like take you to like one final area? Once you get the last Goonie, you have to go and find Annie because for some reason Goonies two decide that they need to have a girl named Annie who's also a mermaid locked in a fish tank. And when you save her, which you can only do by saving the other Goonies <laughs> first, yeah, she says hurrah for Konami and thank you for. Playing. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. That's so. That's like that's the most Nintendo thing I've ever heard. Hurrah for Konami and the Goonies! Thanks for playing. Like what? Someone was like, "How do we end this game?" I don't know. Like, let's pat thank, ourselves on the back. Let's yeah. thank ourselves, and let's thank ourselves for now. For more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com, where we have links to the artists' band camps and SoundClouds, and where you can download the music and buy the music and support the artists.
right, thank you for joining us on episode 36-2 of Rhythm and Pixels, Wild Cardin' Out. Wild Cardin' Out. Wild Cardin' Out. This is uh, just kind of catching up on the games we've been playing, hanging out. That's right. We do have a few topics that we need to get to, but due to the circumstances like me being like constantly traveling, which thankfully for me and my poor, poor wallet, I am done traveling for a little while, so I can can focus on eating cup noodles and getting my money back. Um, But as a result... We didn't want to spend too much time on it, and it was kind of nice to use this as an episode as an opportunity to like just catch up and yeah. chatter, and also, hey, so what have you been up to lately? <laughs> um, but just to cover the base from earlier, the callback, Rob made the comment about that game track being too whimsical, and I was like, this OST has yeah. not whimsical, and that was going to be the episode, and he's like, no, no, this is too strong. I was like, I know. Yeah, it's pretty. I it was kind of heavy. It was, it was, it was good though. But yeah, definitely not what I, not not like <laughs> <laughs> not the whimsy, not 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 all whimsy all the time. Definitely not. Um, but yeah, it's been good to do. So our next episode, it's going to be a guest episode if it works out. Although we should have the live stream that weekend, but we're going to do a guest instead, and then maybe a live stream the following weekend or the weekend after. Okay. Yeah. Um, or we'll, we'll we'll talk about me next weekend, but that's coming up really soon. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but we have a guest coming up um, all the way from Sweden town. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time coming, but somehow due to the temporary episode recording shift it was convenient for him to come on which would be nice it was like we could actually line up our schedules properly because of the time shift oh yeah and then you finally pinned me down because i'm like uh, like i see all these messages on discord and i'm like i can't handle anything right now (laughs) (laughs) moving text not on my watch um but yeah so so that should be that should be a lot of fun um and then um anything else going on uh not really anything else new for the show i got some t-shirt ideas so there's gonna be some new stuff i'll, I'll make some announcements for some new um designs i might re-release some of the original designs that i took off for fear of um nasty grams from companies because yeah, on the worst case scenario they finally do gift set nasty gram and then you take them thing this this falcom hoodie i wear like every day all it's the freaking time good like in the middle of the night i'm i'm i put this on this is what i this is my That's baby puke. this is my That's baby puke repellent well, they, no, <laughs> washed it plenty of times, but it's holding up to the washes really well. So the hoodies hold up better to the washes than some of the t-shirts do, um, which is pretty great. But anyway, if you want to um, learn more about the show, get a full track listing from this episode and access to all of our episodes, you can go to the website, www.rhythmandpixels.com. And most of the episodes are on our main feed. So like if you're on Spotify or on Apple or, or, or Amazon or wherever, it goes back pretty far, but it doesn't go back to the beginning. If you want to go back to the beginning, the very beginning, Go to the website. Um, if you want to say hi to us, if you have a track suggestion, topic suggestion, or if you just want to say hello, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Now, we also have a Discord server you can get to at the top of that of the website. And I do need to start chatting more on there. I've been a little off lately, probably because of all the traveling and disconnects. Yeah, you've just been traveling, and I've been busy too. Um, so I'll be, I'll be getting back into it. I, I watch it. I still look it up, but I never say anything. <laughs> I'm just, I can so, get like that too. Yeah, so, but like, I mean, ebbs and flows. But if you want to say hi to us and say hi to other, um, you know, people in the community or people, other enthusiasts, it's a great place to go to. We also have a YouTube station, a radio station on YouTube, youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels. And um, it's just, tw- it's 24 7, 8 bit and 16 bit music. I'm really happy with that. Um, it's been running pretty strong for a long time now. And I listen to it at work a lot too. It's It's nice to have. And, um, yeah, if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is just tell other people about it. You know, we're going to keep doing the show no matter what for a long time. We'll be going back to weekly programs in the next few months. It's just a little hard to manage right now. 
Understandably so. Yeah. But um, but until then, we'll be going uh, uh, bi-weekly, and it's been great. You can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. As a member there, you get access to monthly live streams that we do. You get access to um, some cool stuff like T-shirts and mugs and stick uh, stickers. I wish I could think of. A I almost said. Thing. I almost said magnet. I wish I could think of another thing people like. Like if so something we, else we can add to it. Yeah, I wish, yeah. wish we were friends with John. But he could draw garbage pill kid versions of this, and we could say, "Here, have a garbage pill kid sticker. Rather than Pixels garbage pill kid stickers." Maybe we can. Have, we we, we got to think of. We can speak in. Um, sp- uh, uh, what's the word? Think storm brainstorm. <laughs> some some uh some merch more, jam more idea yeah, merch jam. We'll merch jam it out. But yeah, yeah. So you can go there, and we also like to thank. Our members who are at the highest tiers at the end of every episode. So thank you very much to Brooke. It was a pleasure finally meeting you. And Corey and Khalid. We may be still got to meet you two, actually. <laughs> um, I know Khalid uh, lives a bit further away. Much, yeah, a fair bit. Uh, but Brooke lives a little far away, too. Um, so I also want to thank Kristen, GameFan44, Martyrus, host of the ReVGM podcast, Mike Myers, Vashon8060, The Super Game Station, The Ant Master, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. I hope the, you're doing okay, buddy. The wise guy. Wise I, am, guy. I do hope you're doing good, sir. Yeah, yeah. We are We are thinking about you. Uh, Christopher Shenstrom, Chuck Kowalski, Davey Cakes, David Good, and David Taylor. A lot of Daves. All these Daves in a row, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> all the Dave all the time. All Dave all the time. Uh, Enchilada Regol, Harold Howard, Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider, host of the XVGM Radio podcast. Keith Shusterman, Michael Bridgewater, Rage Cage, host of the VGM Porium podcast. Reinhold Zalkova, uh, Romancing Sagat, 81. Uh, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller. I think you're Sleepy S'more. Taco and Zach Thornbach. Yeah, I lost track. I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> thank you all. Thank you all very much. And, and to many, many more, thank you very much for supporting our show for as long as you have, even if it's just for a month. Um, it helps with everything from hosting to uh, new equipment to convention uh, appearances, all that stuff. Just it's much appreciated. Puts and we food do ha- on the table. <laughs> puts gas in the convention tank. Gas that's for tank. sure. Yeah, we're, we're our names in the hat for too many games. That's going to be in June of uh, end of June this year, and that should be a lot of fun. It's always fun to go. A little we, noisy last year, and but. we might have two panels this year, depending on how this plays out. So we'll see how this goes. All right, you have to tell me about that. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, I think we will see you next time at StacyCon 94. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And I'm Stacy. We'll see you next week. <laughs> and remember, as a person who needs to go to bed at 1130 and like per his boss's instructions, because even she said he needs more sleep, um, sleep, darn it, <laughs> get a decent amount of sleep because as you get older, you start to feel the pains of it. I'm feeling the pains of it. I'm sleeping tonight, maybe. Um, get sleep. That's it. That's the message.